Vision is the glue. Vision is the fuel. Vision is how you get through anything. So when you think of your vision, what comes to your mind? That's a good place to start. Do you have a vision? I like to imagine that there is a literal eye in your head that is seeing things that is your mind's eye. And as clear as you can see things in your mind, it will clearly be your reality into the future. So that's the definition of vision. Vision is seeing something that hasn't happened yet. Can you see what hasn't happened yet for you? Let's start with next week. What is the end of, what is the end of your first day going to look like? As clear as a picture as you can paint, how are you going to feel? How, what are you going to say to your roommates when you walk into the door? At the end of the first week, when you walk into that Sunday meeting, who are you going to give the high five to? Who are you going to just say, yeah, wasn't that amazing? What story are you going to tell about a, a mom and a kid that you positively impacted their life? At the end of the summer, when you're in Nashville, are you going to walk up to me or Dan or somebody here in Nashville and give them a fist bump and say, I, I did my dead level best. I, I left it on the field. There was nothing left. I dropped the mic and I'm going to just give you a fist bump and just say, yeah, that's what it's about. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you smell it? That's vision. Now, the most powerful visionaries are the ones that can take their mind's eye farther out into the future. There are people physically in this room right now that have 30-year goals. Going back to those billionaires that I met, guess what those billionaires had and have? 30-year goals or 50-year goals. Nothing great has ever been done without a compelling long-term vision. When you start right now with saying, I am going to create a compelling long-term vision for myself, it forever will change your life. And if you don't do that, you get stuck in the muck. You're just on the hamster wheel. You're just going to wait and react to what life gives you. And there's a lot of stuff to react to. There's a lot of stuff life's going to give you, and you're just going to react to it. Or you're going to have a long-term vision and all the stuff that most people get really upset about, it's going to look like little bitty speed, little bitty anthills that you're just stepping over and everybody else can't even see past them. That's the power of a strong long-term vision. Your endurance is in direct proportion to your vision. The other day I was on a conference call and there was a bunch of leaders on the call. We were creating a new strategy and it was going to take work. It was going to take effort. It wasn't going to be easy. And one of the leaders on the call said, Dustin, I know this is a great idea. I know this is going to work. But I got to tell you, I'm just so tired. And I didn't say this out loud. But what I was thinking was, well, do you need a nap? And then when you wake up, we can talk more. Because if you were tired and it was literally tired, then taking a nap would solve the problem, Right. So when people say they're so tired or they're burned out or whatever the emotion is, typically they're not, they don't have a tired problem. They have a vision problem. When people don't have endurance, it's not typically your body can do a lot more than you think it can do. But usually it's the champions. It's the Michael Jordans. It's the people that do things that just blow our minds that have the most endurance. And a lot of times it's not because they're the best athlete. It's because they're the best visionaries. 
So if you want to overcome any obstacle you're going to face this summer, focus on your vision. Focus on your mission. Focus on your values. Focus on why you signed up to be in this room today and never forget it. When you do that, nothing can stop you. You are an unstoppable force. Now, at some point, a critical thing will happen that determines not only this summer, but potentially a habit for the rest of your life. My first summer, I had an event happen where I wanted to quit. I was in the backwoods of Missouri, driving around. I was going through a long driveway. I went to a house, knocked on the door. They weren't home. Turned back around this gravel driveway. I was in a canopy of woods, and I got my fifth flat tire for the summer. So I had learned a lesson by this point because I was calling in my stats at night, and when I wouldn't get 30 demos in a day, my sales manager would say, well, what happened? And I would say, I got a flat tire. And he said, well, uh, after about the third or fourth time, he said, hey, if you keep getting these flat tires, you can either make an excuse or you can find a way. I said, huh, that's a great idea. He said, well, what are you doing when you're uh, getting these flat tires? I said, well, I'm calling AAA and waiting for AAA. He said, can't you just change the tire? And I was like, you're so brilliant. And so <laughs> I went to Walmart and I bought a stopwatch and I started timing myself changing the tire. So on this particular day, here I was, Backwoods, Missouri, and I got a flat tire. So I actually decided every time I get a flat tire, I'm going to get excited. And so uh, I also had a piece of paper where I, wrote, I started writing down the times, how long it took me to change the tire. So I grabbed the stopwatch, clicked the timer, and I would jump out of the car and I started changing the tire. And uh, needless to say, this was not my NASCAR pit crew record-breaking time for changing tires. And it took longer than uh, normal. So I'm putting the boxes back into the car, loading it up. And all of a sudden, I look at the box, and it looks like the paper on the box is crawling. And I think, that's odd. So I'm putting more boxes into the car. And all of a sudden, I look down, and it looks like the hairs on my skin are melting off of my arm. I thought, that's odd. And I come to closer inspect, and I was completely covered in ticks. The big ones the little ones, the grandpas, the babies. Hundreds of ticks, head to toe, covered. What did I do? I did the same thing that all of you would have done. I freaked out. I stripped down butt naked. <laughs> threw my clothes in the back of the car. I jumped in the car, started driving down the road, picking ticks off, throwing them out the window, freaking out. I, I went to the only gas station. The only building in my turf was a gas station. So I pulled into the gas station and there were people all around. I opened the door and I'm like, wait a minute. And I closed the door. I grabbed my pants, throw them back on. I run across the gravel driveway and uh, bare feet, no shirt. I open the door. There's a lady in the corner and she goes, son, what are you doing? I said, lady, I've got ticks. She goes, good God, the bathroom's that way. So I run, I grab a razor and rubbing alcohol. I'm like, okay, this is great. And I go to the bathroom and it just hits me. This is insane. <laughs> I, I just had this overwhelmed feeling of going, I don't care how much money I'm making. This is ridiculous. 
I'm going to quit. And, and I just looked at myself in the eyes and it, I had flashbacks to sell school. And I remember my sales manager saying, at some point this summer, you're going to want to quit. And I committed to my sales manager. I wasn't going to do it. And then before we went out that first day, my team set us, we all sat down and we made a commitment together as a team that we weren't going to quit. And I committed to my team. We weren't going to quit. But most importantly, was on that drive to sell school that I told you about, where I didn't sleep the night before. I was in a gas station and was still getting over from the night before. And I looked at myself in the mirror before getting to sell school. And I committed to myself that I was going to make something of myself. And I didn't care how hard this job was. I was not going to give up on myself. So I took the razor and the rubbing alcohol, and I started shaving the ticks off. And when you throw ticks into a sink, it looks like hair, but then it crawls off. (laughs) Got them all the best that I could off of me, and I finished the day. And and needless to say, that wasn't my best day of the summer, but it was the most important day. Because after going through that and making the decision to not quit, I could make it through anything. It became a confidence anchor. Nothing is more important in your life than the confidence anchor of the moment when you want to quit and you decide to not quit. I've gone back to this moment in my mind hundreds of times, and there has been much bigger things I wanted to quit at. I hate to break the news to you, but this summer is not going to be the hardest thing you do in your entire life. Regardless of what you might have heard from somebody, selling books might be the hardest thing you've done so far in your life, but that's just because you're young. Keep living and it gets harder. I promise. And it's worth every minute. But the habit that you make, quitting is a habit. And so is winning. And it will stick with you for the rest of your life. It's the most important decision you will make today that you will commit to for the rest of your life. Do not quit. See, quitting is an interesting thing. You can quit on a year, you can quit on a summer, you can quit on a week, you can quit on a day, you can quit on a demo, sitting in somebody's house, you can mentally check out, and you can give up on a demo. But when you choose to kill the quit that's naturally in you, you will be unstoppable. The reason I know that quitting is a natural event is uh, our daughter Haven played soccer several years ago, it was her first year playing soccer. My wife and I are in the stands watching the soccer game. And halfway through the first period, Haven comes storming off the field, says, I quit. Kai and I are in the stands. We look at her. We both stand up at the same time and we say, get back on that field, young lady. She goes back on the field. And uh, then then at the half, uh, I pull her over and I say, Haven, so what's going on? She said, Dad, I quit. I said, okay, well, why? She said, it's not fair. I said, well, what's not fair? She said, losing. Losing's not fair. I said, okay, I get, uh, uh, losing's not fun, sure, and life's not fair, sure. And I pointed over at her team. I said, you see your team over there? She looked at her team. I said, you committed to your team you're going to play soccer this summer. Are you going to quit on your team? She looked at her team and she said, no. I pointed over at her coach and I said, you see your coach over there? You committed to your coach that you're going to finish playing soccer this this season. 
Are you going to uh, quit on your coach? <laughs> no. And I pointed at her and I said, Haven, more importantly, you committed to yourself that you were going to finish playing soccer this season. Are you going to quit on yourself? And she said, no. <laughs> and she goes, Dad, losing just makes me so angry. And I said, I get it. Losing makes me angry too. But you can harness that emotion and use that emotion to win. When you're angry, it can actually be something you focus into the reason you win. And I saw her wheels turning when I said that. And uh, she got up. She ran over to her coach. And all on her own, she figured out that if she played goalie, she could stop them from scoring and win. <sighs> Proud dad moment. <laughs> <laughs> so the question for you is, are you all in? Right now, right here, today, are you in? There is no halfway. There is no one foot in, one foot out. You're either in or you're out. And when you're all in, it feels good. When you're all in and you're committed, you have no doubt. When you're all in, you become unstoppable. Everything melts away. I have a friend in Hollywood who's a producer on major movie sets. One day we were out to eat and, I, and he said, Dustin, you know what's interesting? Business is no different than acting. I said, how's that? He said, you know the difference between the A-list actors, the Brad Pitts and the people that you would know, and the B-list actors that you've never heard of? And I said, what's that? He said, the A-list actors have no plan B. They come to Hollywood and they are all in. This summer is no different. You need to burn the boats, have no plan B. This is it. And when you are all in, when the inevitable happens... And at some point, Mr. Mediocrity is going to creep up on your shoulder. And whether you want to call him the devil, Mr. Mediocrity, or whatever it is, there will be a whisper in your ear at some point. There's going to be some event, something's going to happen where the devil will whisper in your ear, you are not strong enough to withstand the storm. And when you choose to be all in, when you choose to focus when you choose to have belief, you will look at the devil and you will say right back, I am the storm. Thank you very much. <laughs>